welcome, welcome, welcome back to Burning Metal. This is your host and Forge Master, G Metal. And we are at the pinnacle of Burn Point 9 Anti Heroes. Let's start the forge. Now, for this fun forge, is the good guy with an edge on his shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a razor blade, but he has a heart of gold, and something about that just speaks to people. Many, many things about the anti-hero. It's contradictory, but it's also relatable, even if we won't go that dark. Overall, when they dress, they dress with the kind of cool stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like the kind of cool stuff you would wear. That you are, if you are then. Normally when you do good guys, they wear light colors. You know, safe bets. Anti-heroes are the guys that dress in motorcycle jackets and are still the good guy. You know what, Mutt? It's just a great character to have. We're gonna get into grinding pretty soon. So before this continues on anymore, just letting you know, this is the kind of forge that's quick to the tempo on this one. So be careful. It might be too hot for you. Time to cool the blade. Let's talk about my favorite anti-hero ever. Name Red Hood. Red Hood? Second Robin to Batman. And this Robin was beaten to death by the Joker with a crowbar. Fun fact about the story was he was a replacement to Robin in the original comics the whole the whole line. And then because they wanted to dis- make him this different and distinct, instead of making him a good, obedient child, they made him more rebellious, more like a James Dean type of rebellious. But people didn't appreciate that from the Robin. So, legend has it that there was a phone calling like back in the old days i don't i don't really understand the concept either but for the phone calling of voting if you wanted him to live or die by the hand of the joker now the legend is because that's part true but the legend the part about it is there was one man who was using automated machines to vote for him to, for his death now I, I don't know if that's true or not not entirely sure but that moment's important because if that never happened we would have never stumbled upon the red hood now the beauty about the Red Hood in all his entirety is his complex nature of wanting justice versus his own personal vengeance. That's always the balancing act of a character like Red Hood. His values as a character stem from his uh, growing up in a rough household. So around New 52 Rebirth era, they gave Red Hood a real backstory this time around. Jason was born into a family with many, many problems. His mom was an addict, and his dad was a criminal who was in and out of jail consistently. Jason had to grow up, grow up fast, right? He grew up making money for his mom so they can eat and he can take care of her, while his dad's trying to make money and impress his son. So back and forth, that's just what goes, right? This leads to him trying to steal the rims off the Batmobile. I guess you thought you could sell them for a good price, because it's Batman's whims, right? I mean, <laughs> I guess that's how it works. And his values, overall, seems to stem with this idea that not only after the death of, after his death, more precisely, after his death comes this time period for him where he's learning from multiple groups of people when he comes back to life, but the fact that the Joker is still alive. And he can't comprehend why Batman has left him alive. 
Even after he died, he thought, he really thought that Batman would break his moral code for the death of Jason Todd. And that is what sets Red Hood down the more villainy route in the beginning than anything else, is that the Joker is still alive. Now let's get a little deep about Red Hood's values, Jason Todd's values. He is a man who believes in many things, but believes the means that some people weren't willing to go was it necessary means. And he will always toe the line of almost a villain, but he won't ever cross it because that is what led to his death. That is a big thing about Red Hood. He would never toe the line of, he would never cross the line. That he believes is there. And that is killing innocents. Killing innocents is is his line. But the guilty, he will punish himself. And as long as Batman isn't around, he'll do it. He'll do the deed. If he doesn't have to save the bad guy, he won't. Kind of funny. Because that's how movie Batman is. But Red Hood in the comics versus Batman? Batman saves everyone in the comics, apparently. So, what makes Red Hood such a great anti-hero? Here's the thing. You see some of his values in the friendships he forms of others. So, his first official team was Red Hood and Outlaws, with Roy Harper and Starfire. Now, why is this team important for Red Hood? 1. Roy Harper is almost a disgraced hero at this point. Like Red Hood, his mentor did not always approve of his actions, but he also got caught up with drugs in the early 80s. Catch my uh, first podcast for that, why comic books are very special to me. But... Back to the actual point, he got caught up in some drugs, he got caught up in some action, and him and, I don't know, Green Arrow? Anyone know who Green Arrow is? Him and Green Arrow got into a little dispute. And there was an annual that showed the night before Red Hood, Jason Todd, as Robin, was murdered. And it was helping out Red Arrow, who later becomes Arsenal, because they had this team-up. And kind of showing that he was, they were like best friends right before the death of Jason Todd. Though they're both disgraced heroes in the community's eyes. They both understand what it means to do what you have to do to get something done. Just one got murdered before doing it. It really does suck. The real evolution of Red Hood though, is their relationship with Batman. That is the big thing in the comics for sure. Because right now, Batman does show a lot of trust in Red Hood. And the thing is about him and Red Hood is their relationship is very, very much that of the rebellious son versus the honorable father. The honorable father cannot comprehend why the rebellious son would not want to walk the path he did. Yeah, he understands that Red Hood got wasn't murdered, but he also understands that he got a second chance. And Red Hood understands that his father can't cross the line. He also understands that someone needs to do it. So, in all in all fairness, their understanding is one of the best developments of Red Hood. Because the more Red Hood understands Batman, and Batman understands Red Hood, the better character Red Hood becomes. Not only because he becomes more to the good side, which puts him on the anti-hero list, but the nuances of his character and his development changes from just outright shooting people of annoyance sometimes or because they defy him to a certain degree, he will hold more mercy and dignity as long as he does not uh, lose his cool. The reason he's mainly an anti-hero, though, let's get this straight. He's an anti-hero for many reasons. He will break the law. He will become a kingpin, a drug lord. He even trained 
a bunch of kids who goes to a school of evil sidekicks. Like I think, like a, like an evil Teen Titans type of group. Why? Because he wants to teach them the right way to do things. He doesn't care if those villains are heroes, just as long as they're not trying to encourage. He's he's trying to he's trying to encourage them into something more of the lines of stopping the bad bad people. Bad bad people means is the means of the Joker, Lex, Deathstroke, people with no more code. Are either just into money or into power. But Red Hood just believes in solve the world's problems in a be- in a good way. You know what I'm saying? And he wants he wanted to teach these kids this these life lessons because he feels with the proper guidance, you don't have to be the good guy of the story, but you can't be the Joker either. Time to grind. Let us talk about what makes an antihero. Right, anti-heroes all over stories, but what really makes an anti-hero? Because we hear a bunch about anti-heroes. So let me throw something out for you. An anti-hero, a lot of times actually, is just a transitional phase in a writing process for a character that is hard because he has a lot of vil- villainish traits, but is slowly turning to the good side, and vice versa. Or the hero, who's slowly gaining villainish traits, slowly turning to the bad side. Nancy heroes a lot of times is just a middle ground, until the character decides what route he wants to take. Let's take Breaking Bad. In the beginning, Walter White was an anti-hero. He was making drugs, selling them, having to deal with some terrible gangsters, all for the sake of his family and his health. He wanted to make sure his family had money when he did pass, because he didn't think he'd survive. But later on in the story, cancer disappeared, and he kept it going, because he liked, he found out he liked, and that is the big issue for Walter White, which is why he wasn't an anti-hero the entire story. He became the villain, the bad guy. He killed people he liked, and a bunch of things happened in the middle. But values that anti-heroes do value are this, the preservation of innocence, the forgotten, people who are forgotten in history or by society are an important thing to anti-heroes. Because they're the people who you're like, they don't need help or they don't get enough help, right? And it's just a very, very edge-walking moment, right? Because you can say a lot of things, such as this. In a real-life context, a group of people who never seems to have enough representation for protections are the Native Americans of America. And probably everywhere else, but I'm just talking about American the Native Americans in America, right? So here's the thing: they don't have they don't have a lot. So if I were to make a story about them having some protection, an anti-hero would protect them because they don't have a lot of protection. But a lot of other groups have a lot of more vocal voices, and for the natives, you might have to you might have to shake up some things, right? So for the natives, that's really something in that sense. Now back to the anti-hero part of this: why would an anti-hero want to defend certain people over others? They have enough defense. The anti-hero is willing to make the cold, calculated fact that people are going to die, people have to listen, and people have to see what the outcome is if you mess with someone, right? Sometimes bad guys aren't scared to go to jail. And what does the anti-hero do? He he, he takes away that. He says, you're not going to jail. I'm taking you to hell. And that's what an anti-hero really does focus on, is absolutism. They're absolute, but with compassion. It's really weird to say in that way, right? They're compassionate people who, who on a drop of a dime, become cold, cold-blooded killers. They seem to be one foot in the camp of good guy, who uh, protect the innocent, protect the people who need it, 
and everything else like a hero would. And I'm also one for on the villain side where it's justice at all costs. Bring them down. Burn down their homes. And so on and so forth. So there's not any extreme rhetoric into it. And you got it, right? You just really got it with an anti-hero like that. Anti-heroes are consistently going boom, bow, boom, bow, right? Anti-heroes are not the kind of people you want to piss off in a comic book story or in any kind of fictional story because the moment you try them, unlike the superheroes like Batman, Superman, you get thrown down an elevator shaft. You won't like the pain. So the thing about anti-heroes is they're generally angry people because of their uh, sad but tr- and tragic story in the past, right? Their backstory. They just can't get over some of the things that get that happen to them. And they just don't know if they can't ever get over it. In a way, Batman would be an anti-hero if he started killing. That's the one thing that makes Batman a non-anti-hero. Let's test the fire. Okay, okay. Now, for the anti-hero. The origins of the idea of the anti-hero is a very, very cool thing, I think, in my opinion, is this. Okay? So, in the origins of the anti-hero as a trope comes from the Greek, Greek times, right? Much as most of our literary terms come from, um, the anti-hero was supposed to be a narrative switch from from an epic story to an ironic story. Or instead of the hero having the glory of the adventure, the anti-hero doesn't learn the lesson. He doesn't get to learn the lesson in Greek, American, 1950s, or in Great Britain. What they get to do is prove their point, but also end in a blaze of glory. Kind of like how Westerns go, spaghetti Westerns. The guy doesn't get the glory. All he does is get his victory and walks out of town. That is how anti-heroes start rising up. Uh, another form of anti-heroes, which at the time during the 1920s, 20s and 30s with outlaws, not, it's probably, it's probably earlier than that actually, but with Capone, Bonnie and Clyde, Pretty Boy Floyd, all those guys, they were seen as heroes because they were the anti-heroes. They weren't Superman, they weren't Batman, but they were anti-heroes because they were taking from the people, subjecting other people in their heads, in their heads, right? They were seen as people taking action against the people who were hurting other people, but not the way a regular hero is supposed to do it. An anti-hero, like any other, is an act is actively trying to protect people, but the anti-hero does it in a non-acceptable way by society. An interesting kind of definition for the anti-hero is this. The protagonist in this book is an indecisive central character who drifts through life and is mocked by angst and alienation. In a better way of saying it is, the guy has hardship in his life, and he can never choose which is the correct path. He's consistently confused and angry on where he's trying to go instead of where he wants to go. He's trying to form his values. Hence, he may not be good or bad just yet. He's developing towards that. Forger's Last Stand The values and origins of an anti-hero, in comparison to a villain and a hero, is very much the same, except they don't make the decision right away to go bad or good. It's a process to be where they get. And even if they never get out of the anti-hero phase, they're consistently changing. 
the anti-hero is one of those characters that isn't decisive. And it, in a good way and a bad way. The good way is he is never a hundred percent right. He's always willing to change for the situation. Whereas villains and heroes are staunched on their ideas, right? They believe in one act, and this act will happen. But anti-hero is mainly moving and in, just because of anger. But he's learning how to move. And depending on how he moves is which direction he's gonna go. An anti-hero spot normally isn't a regular place for a character. It could. And if they stay there, it's because they're gonna die being an anti-hero. Right? Just like I about Walter White. Walter White was an anti-hero. Good cause. Bad act, bad actions. But guess what? He eventually changed to the guy who did bad actions for bad causes. His personal self. His selfish self. Antio is selfish, yes, but he is not entirely selfish. He only is selfish about certain things. But he's a hero a lot, a lot more times than he is selfish. The anti-hero is very much loved in today's society for many reasons, but two of them in particular is this. They play both bad and good characters. So in writing these characters, they can easily shift from good to bad in a consistent story basis, right? Which makes their character more dynamic, which makes their character more intriguing, which potentially gives them more backstory, which gives them more complexities. The character, in sense, is never a static character in that sense. It's consistently a, a mold that you can keep on molding and molding and molding. Another thing is they're very charismatic normally, right? They're very charismatic and a lot of people like them for that. They're, they smile, they laugh, they joke around. They have a beer with you, right? But in the same sense, push them in a bar, they're going to start a bar fight and probably end up killing you. Anti-heroes are very much a process. But I enjoy watching that process. And, and if a character stays in that spot, I don't know. The story could be great regardless. Final burn. Anti-heroes are my favorite. Guilty is charged. Some of my favorite characters are anti-heroes, right? It's just the mixed mass motions, the complex directions they come in. You can't tell where they're going from a from just a fun story perspective. You can never tell, right? Anti-heroes are consistently going left when they should go right, or right when they should go left. Is a consistent flow. And the reasonings and logics of anti-heroes are very intriguing. Because they come from a good place, but not always from the best place. And I really do believe anti-heroes are, in fact, one of the best story plots for that pieces of that piece. Plus, I'm a big fan of Dancy Hero because it shows the human psyche in a way that the hero and the villain can't. The absolutists, people who are diehard confident in their ideals, so hard that they will willing to do anything and everything. Dancy Hero seems confident. He looks cool. He moves around. He has all the great skills that the hero and villain have, but he's consistently changing. In that change is what makes Dancy Hero. Dante is great because he is willing to move in a different way, if need be. He holds certain values rock solid, yes, but justice is always on his mind. The method to that justice is the problem. Maybe it's the right way to go, maybe it's not. Only history tells us if we're correct on it. And hero is the one who's willing to take that risk to tell you it is the right way to go. Because if you do nothing at all, then you are nothing and you cannot change anything. Thank you for this forge that you guys have attended. You know, not everyone can take the heat. 
Not everyone's willing to stand in the fires just to take a little bit of knowledge in, right? Plus, I think it's a little bit of fun talking about them anti-heroes. But nonetheless, if you have any ideas, put them in my social medias. They're going to be in my descriptions. And anyone who likes these forges, give me, give me some feedback. It helps me grow, and it helps me, and it gives you a voice somewhere. Maybe you want to hear someone talk about something you haven't heard talked about. I know I have. So, from G-Metal, anything I can only tell you is, always stay metal.